Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Tuesday morning headlines. A woman accused of helping cover up the murder of two people is expected in a courtroom today. Back in 2019, police say Maya Maxwell helped her then-boyfriend Cedric Marks dispose of two bodies of two people from Temple and then drove the victim's car to Austin to throw police off. Marks was found guilty of killing his ex-girlfriend Jenna Scott and Michael Swearingen. The Texas Harm Reduction Alliance is holding a press conference today addressing the need for more than temporary solutions for Austin's homeless population. That's an Austin-based organization focused on drug prevention. It's calling on Austin City Council to take action through the city budget. It's going to be meeting this afternoon at City Hall. Soccer fans may be a little sleepy today, or very sleepy. The U.S. women's national team taking on Portugal overnight. And it was a draw. It was a tie 0-0. The team needed to win or draw to avoid elimination today. Most likely advancing to face Sweden in the knockouts. Well, this morning, we expect an update from the Department of Public Safety on a possibly armed suspect in South Austin from overnight. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. I'm Erica Brennis. Troopers were out near South First Street and Eberhardt Lane near the intersection of William Cannon around 9 last night. DPS tells us two suspects got into a vehicle and fled. They were able to capture one of them, but as of last night, DPS said it is still looking for the other suspect. This video shows DPS searching a backpack that they removed from the van that was involved in the chase. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good morning. Let's get your Tuesday started. We begin with a live look outside. Our Whittlesea landscape supplies wet the camera there. Granite Shoals clear, quiet, and very warm. We've got temperatures in the upper 70s, low 80s across the board. 80 right now here in Austin. Your humidity, 67%. Even just a little more of that humidity brings those temperatures up a few degrees. Feeling like 83. Walking out the door underneath that full moon. For my early risers, as it's dark right now, you're going to notice a lot of light coming down from the moon. A lot of light coming up with the sun, too. In fact, we're going to see a whole lot of that big ball of fire today, and it's going to rise those temperatures. I mean, we're talking 107 again today. We did it yesterday. We did it today. I expect us to tie the record we last set back in 2011. You'll also notice that itty-bitty rain chance. It's only a 10%. I'm not excited about it, and unfortunately, it's not going to do much or wildfire danger, which is more so a problem today than it was over the last few days. We'll talk about why that is. Plus, the storm chance, the timing and the coverage of that. I'm going to lay out the details for you. We'll talk about the all-time record in jeopardy in the next coming days. And yeah, it's still hot, but maybe we get a little bit of a wetter weather pattern in here. The details coming up in your first warning forecast. All right, thanks, Kristen. Taller buildings are coming to 6th Street, and the official planning starts right now. An ordinance went into effect allowing buildings to go up more than 10 stories high on a portion of the historic strip. Gag Sands Brianna Hollis tells us the types of businesses we could see downtown and why developers hope this helps improve public safety in the entertainment district. Mark Rapolo owns Rapolo's Pizzeria. And how long have you been operating that spot on 6th Street? I've been open on 6th Street since 1990. He says he's started to see some safety improvements downtown, but misses how things used to be before violent crime in the entertainment district became a regular headline. Very safe because the genre of music was mixed and, and uh, exciting 
and everyone was there for fun and having fun. That's where it was 30 years ago. That's what I want to bring back. Stream Realty hopes making the street more versatile will help with safety. A city ordinance that went into effect Monday allows a stream to build to a height of 140 feet on 6th Street between Sabine and Natchez. Stream is now working on plans to bring a hotel and residential building to the two blocks. There's not a lot going on during the day. The goal is to bring back restaurants, music venues, places, office buildings, hotels, places that people want to go during the day because, as everybody knows, activity tends to discourage bad behavior. Previously, developers couldn't build higher than 45 feet on 6th Street. Some of the facades set back from the actual frontage of 6th Street, and all of those things will be taken into account as we get the engineers and architects involved in how to do that and keep the flavor and, and the atmosphere of 6th Street as we've all known it. Some 6th Street employees welcome the plan, others worry it'll change the street too much. Rapolo says it's all about striking the right balance. Protect the integrity of these historical streets and also rebrand the city. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Going in-depth on downtown safety, earlier this month, Texas Department of Public Safety troopers told us there was a new focus on downtown deployments and it pointed to information showing more crime late at night in the downtown area. And since DPS has increased its presence in Austin, they have been able to deploy to the areas with higher crime rates. APD has previously presented data showing DPS's presence contributing to a drop in crime. More limits could be ahead for how you use water in Austin. Stage two water restrictions are expected in weeks. Austin water officials tell us they are going to hire more people to enforce the city's rules. The source of Austin's water comes from Lake Travis and Lake Buchanan. Right now, they are only 48% full. When they drop to 45% full, the city will move to stage two restrictions. The Lower Colorado River Authority expects that to happen in mid-August. Currently, you are only allowed to water once a week. When we hit stage two, irrigation times will be limited even further. Austin Water says it will increase enforcement. We will be ratcheting these up, expanding the number of patrols that we do, and we will be bringing on staff members, additional temporary staff members, to help with more patrols and investigations and outreach to different customer classes. Officials say they're gonna start with warnings before issuing any penalties. As far as how long stage two water restrictions could last, officials reminded us that we were in stage two for three years from 2012 to 2015, but there is hope the El Nino pattern that we are in could bring more rain this fall and winter. A young girl kidnapped in Austin, what police say she did that helped save her. In a summer of record-breaking heat, we learn how school districts work to protect high school student-athletes as they return to the football field. Good morning. It is 439 on this Tuesday, the first day of August. Welcome to a new month. Hope your day is off to a good start. Austin police are investigating what led to a teenage girl's kidnapping. She was able to escape. Yes, CPD says last Tuesday the girl told an employee at the Lowe's on Shoal Creek Boulevard in North Austin that she had been kidnapped and that her kidnappers were still in the store. Police got there and they found several suspects in a vehicle in the parking lot and then another still inside the store. Investigators say the girl made a plan, stuck with it, and that is what helped officers get to her. 
I think um, this little girl was very brave and she did everything that she was supposed to. She made a plan, she executed that plan, and then she gave us all the details we needed. So when we made it to Lowe's, we could make immediate um, action and we could uh, basically immediately detain those suspects because we were able to locate them. Police made one arrest in the parking lot and state charges are pending on the others. The girl was reported missing a few days before being rescued, but Austin police wouldn't tell us from where. She has since been reunited with her family and there was no relation between her and the kidnappers. Following street takeovers in Austin and look at the new laws in Texas and how they could help stop these types of crimes. We go along with Central Texas Vineyards picking grapes. How workers have to act fast to beat the heat. Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday and it is the first day of August as we get you started on your day. Welcome to KXAN News Today. If you're listening on the podcast, happy to have you around. Listen, if you are a wine lover, you should know right now is the most critical time to pick the grapes that grow and make wine across Texas. West Texas has the most to pick, but Central Texas also produced close to 2,000 tons just three years ago. And the epicenter for our region, Fredericksburg, Workers need to move fast due to the heat. Really fast. KXN's Jayla Washington got a close look at the process. Well, hello from the beautiful Texas Heritage Vineyard in Fredericksburg, Texas, where they are arguably producing some of the best wine. Just as the sun comes up, a machine shakes grapes off these vines. The beginning of harvest for Texas winemakers. And we just planted two more acres this year. The industry brought in $20 billion for the state in 2022. Right. And there are more than 400 winemakers in Texas alone, according to this National Association of American Wineries study. When people ask my husband and I why we got into the winemaking business, we uh, tongue-in-cheek tell people we were just crazy, that we really just wanted to drink wine. In reality, it's a passion. There's no way to not make it juicy tonight. It's a juicy season for Susan Johnson's family-run business, seeing some of its best yields ever. See these guys? But the sun beaming down on their grapes. You can see they're a little bit stressed. Just this excessive heat. So that means they have to move faster. So we are seeing just a little bit of shriveling. Johnson says they work with wineries in the Fredericksburg area like Slate Theory, which owns this machine to speed up the process. For the next month, most fruit will be pulled like this, ending up in these crates. The fruit comes in really clean, already sorted. It makes mine job very easy. Ferment all of its sugar into alcohol within three or four days, sometime two weeks. It's all of this work that keeps the wine industry growing, bringing in millions of tourists to experience the fruits of this labor, all stemming from love. It's beautiful to see those, those dreams and that hard work come to fruition. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. Jayla on a fun assignment there. The Texas Heritage Vineyard will harvest Tempranillo and Alicante Boucher from the Estate Vineyard over the next couple of weeks. All right, going in-depth, the Texas wine and wine grape industry has a bigger economic impact than any other state beside California. More than $20 billion as an industry, and there are just about 440 wine producers in 
Texas with about 141,000 jobs. Texas is in the top 10 when it comes to wine tourism with more than 685 million pulled in from visitors. Wow. And it seems like not just, you know, Fredericksburg and the Hill Countries where you can find good wineries, but there are some in Driftwood and yeah. other mm -hmm. places here in Central Texas. It makes sense mm -hmm. that we would come in second, but I didn't realize that. Second mm -hmm. in California. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. These are my dollars. I know. Thank you, Kristen, <laughs> for helping the economy here in Central Texas. At least I could do. <laughs> Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here. If you need any suggestions, listen, I, I'm your girl. I think that is one of the best parts of living here in Central Texas is uh, some of the wine country we've got. I mean, it's top of the line, y'all. You gotta experience it. Even if you're not a wine person, go out and just see the wineries. They're beautiful. Live look outside from Southeast Austin. Whittlesey Landscape Supplies Weather Camera giving us a great view of our skyline. We've got temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s. 80 in Austin, 79 Lando, 79 Lockhart. Not a whole lot of difference between these temperatures and yesterday. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of difference in the afternoon numbers either. I wish I could tell you something different, but it's back to 107 seven today that is likely going to tie the record we set back in 2011. There will be a 10% chance of rain, but hold that thought. Let's pick out our temperatures area wide uh, closest to you in your neighborhood. Probably going to be above 100. Unfortunately, these numbers again, a repeat of what we felt yesterday, which means the heat alerts will be a repeat too. Heat advisories uh, in orange and the excessive heat warning in pink. The pink, that warning is as high as it goes when it comes to these heat alerts. We could see some of the heat index values up to about 109 east of I-35, but outside of our eastern counties, the humidity mixing out in the afternoon actually keeps that heat index pretty close to the air taps. As far as the rate goes for the most consecutive 100 degree days, yesterday was day 24 in a row. Today, day 25 in a row. You can see we're getting very, very close to taking down that record of 27 straight days of 100 degrees or hotter. That we lost that in 2011, and that at this point will be rewritten by the end of this week. Now, that 10% chance that I'm talking about, it'll be few and far between if we even see these storms make it into our eastern counties. Even this, I think, is a little generous in the coverage, and I'm not expecting a whole lot of rain out of that isolated storm chance, even if those storms do make it into Fayette, Bastrop, and Lake County. But you know what? 10% chance is more than we've showed you all week, so we'll take it today. Nothing to rearrange your plans over. It's an isolated storm at best. Highs will be in the 105 to 107 range every day through Friday. Pretty hot for our first weekend in August, likely to tie or break the record both days at 106, Saturday and Sunday. Krista, thank you. House Republicans have started an investigation into Hunter Biden's plea agreement with the Justice Department, even though the future of the agreement is still uncertain. Writing to Attorney General Merrick Garland, GOP members cite a pretrial diversion program that would have asked a judge to decide whether he violated the terms of the plea deal. Republicans also question a clause in the agreement that would have given Hunter Biden immunity from all other crimes for simply completing the pretrial diversion program. Last week, he was scheduled to enter a guilty plea to a pair of tax charges and agree to a pretrial diversion program to avoid a gun charge. The judge said she would defer it. Biden decided to plead not guilty to the charges and the plea agreement is now in limbo. Paul Rubens, an actor who's best known as character Pee Wee Herman, has died at 70 years old. A statement posted on Facebook said the actor bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit. Rubens was synonymous with Pee Wee Herman, of course, a character known for his red bow tie and catchphrases. 
Another tragic loss from Hollywood, Angus Cloud, the actor known for his work in HBO's Euphoria, also died. His public, uh, his public statement from his family said the 25-year-old died Monday at his family's home in Oakland, California. No cause of death was given. Texas may have kicked thousands of people off their health insurance by mistake as the country reverts to pre-pandemic rules for Medicaid coverage. Concerned employees at the State Health and Human Services Commission say the agency is overworked and underprepared as they review millions of cases for Medicaid eligibility. They say the state removed over 80,000 people by mistake, including pregnant and elderly people. The agency tells us they are aware of some Medicaid cases that were denied improperly, and they're working to reinstate coverage for those individuals as soon as possible. Interim Austin City Manager Jesus Garza is delaying the new telework policy that requires employees to work in the office at least three days a week. It's now delayed until January 1st of next year. The original policy required all executives to return to the office full-time on June 5th. Non-execs would have been required to report to office three days a week on October 1st. The interim human services director, or resources director rather, Rebecca Kennedy says this will give families more time so they can make the arrangements needed. She adds it will also give the city time to collect data that creates a fair policy for employees. It comes after the union received many calls from upset city employees and a protest at the end of May at City Hall. So with the school year just a few days away, a familiar sight has returned to Central Texas. High school football practice kicked off bright and early. KXAN's Noah Gross checked in on practice at Connolly High School to show us how the kids are beating the heat. Well, heat in Central Texas in the summer, obviously nothing new, but here in 2023, this stretch of 100 days we've been on really been historic. And now as football returns, at least on the practice field, it's something these teams and coaches are talking about. Sunglasses and bucket hat, definitely recommended. I'm putting mine on as soon as we're done here. Some of these teams getting started as early as 6 or 6.30 a.m. to really avoid the hottest hours of the day. Some new stuff for all these programs with the heat, but the focus on hydration, taking breaks when you need it, it's just the same. It's so key. Our, our head coach, Coach Z, talks about like our essentials every time when we go home. It's about getting a good meal in, getting hydration, and getting rest. And we, we try to stay on top of that. I think that's, it starts the days prior. Um, you know, we, we reminded the kids during strength camp and on our uh, band communication app that they need to make sure that they stay hydrated. Uh, we told the kids that they need to make sure that they eat something this morning. Uh, obviously, you can see we've kind of set up uh, tents over there. We got, we were blessed to have some angels to donate us some uh, AC units that we basically put underneath there. So it's basically at least 25 degrees to 30 degrees cooler in the shade. Coach Zimmerman from Dripping Springs adding that they want to play late into the season when it gets really cold. So it's not about getting out here in the heat first week. They want to preserve themselves, get out early so they can avoid those hottest hours and play late into the season when they'll be dealing with much cooler temperatures. For now, in Pflugerville, Noah Gross, KXAN News. Looking in depth, last year the University Interscholastic League updated the rules for summer football practices for schools all across the state. Student athletes must have five days of heat adaptation. Padded practices are not allowed until the third day and practices are not allowed to be more than three hours long. If there are two sessions in one day, there must be a two hour break between practices 
and the total workout cannot be more than five hours. During the break, weight training and voluntary conditioning is also not allowed, and two-a-days cannot be on back-to-back -back days. For those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thanks so much for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking in the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN Today. Addressing homeless and harm reduction services in Austin. What one organization is pushing for the proposed city budget to cover. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.